Welcome to the Bible Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matthew at your St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. Are you not a chaplain to anything in particular this week, Matt? Because you've been chaplain a lot lately. I couldn't think of anything. Oh, that's too bad. I'm Zach Paris. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder in America's finest and only institute of higher education in the Buddhist tradition, Naropa University. Chaplain this week uh, to the University Place Hotel and Conference Center, in particular to the Coos Bay Room. Uh, Matt, fun fact about Coos Bay, uh, there is one world-renowned athlete whose hometown is Coos Bay. Any idea? Uh, is it you? <laughs> I think, I thought you knew my backstory. It's a man called Stephen Prefontaine from Coos Bay, no. and we're in the Coos Bay room. Yeah. Finished fourth place in the Olympics one time, so that's pretty. Was American record holding everything from, like, the, the 3K to the 10K, but that's oh. pretty cool. Oh, I should be the chaplain to the Mexican national soccer team that had a Jesus. Sunday. Jesus. It was a terrible Sunday, man. Let me just say, South Central LA was going nuts. Like, every street corner, people waving Mexican flags. Like, it was incredible. I went, we went down to a pretty, we went down to Manhattan Beach. It was a pretty, uh, I'm say this, um, lots of folks have European heritage in Manhattan Beach. Uh, so many Mexican soccer jerseys out and about, though. So many. I was very proud to be wearing mine on that day. I was preaching during the match, Matt, because uh, I'm called Notre Dame Minister of the Church of Christ and I put that call above all else. Um, and I was so pissed <laughs> when I saw my phone after worship. I was like, Jesus. Not only did we not make the World Cup, but Rafa Marquez's cartel money laundering asshole just beat Germany. <laughs> It's going to be a higher place from which they will fall later in the tournament, which is fine. That's good. It was, it was incredible. And then the next day, I went to um, – so, so I wore my Mexican soccer jersey again on Monday. I have multiple Mexican soccer jerseys. This time I wore one that was black uh, from the 2010 World Cup. It has, like, feathers on it. It's super cool. Like a Jambalani kind of jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Jambalani. That's uh, what it was. However, I – this is what I did. I went to the Adidas outlet. In the, here in the greater Los Angeles area because we are going to the, the mile, the multicultural youth leadership event next week as we're recording this, as you're listening to it three weeks ago. And one of the days, they're doing like these spirit days, right? And one of the days is cultural heritage day. Pajama day? Is that one of the days? Mm, no, no pajama day. Oh. No um, crazy hair no, day? Uh, wear your clothes backwards day, which oh. we did here. Criss- like Crisscross day? Yeah. Totally Chris yeah, we totally do that. No, I heard they'll make you jump, jump. <laughs> but, but Zach, I don't, I realize I don't own anything to represent my cultural heritage. Now, if this was Cultural Appropriation Day, I could totally you got it covered. Or I could bring my Black Panther t-shirt. Like, I have so many things I could wear for Cultural Appropriation Day. But for my own Cultural Heritage Day, I got, I really got nothing. So I went to go find a Germany, Germany, soccer t-shirt and I bought it while wearing my Mexican soccer t-shirt. So I'm the day after go beat Germany. So I don't know what the checkout player was thinking but it was just a little bit uh, Your ability to bandwagon is just so impressive. I'm envious. (laughs) Envious of it. Hey Matt, we have guests on the podcast today. Oh, Traditionally, we wait about five minutes before we introduce guests on the podcast. Um, okay. Unlike when Tyra Dennis was on the podcast, in which we waited 45 minutes to introduce her, because uh, that was appropriate at that time. Right. We really appreciate Tyra sitting quietly for 45 minutes. That was really helpful. She wasn't here. She wasn't here. <laughs> introduce our guest. Oh, so we should do it. Okay. Gotcha. Uh... Introduce yourself or whatever. Hey, web world. Um, <laughs> Jennifer Manus, the campus pastor at North Carolina State University and Meredith College in Raleigh, North Carolina. Longtime listener, second time guest. Second time caller. Yeah. And I am Savannah Sullivan, program director for Young Adult Ministries at the ELCA Churchwide Office in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, and recreational podcast listener as well. <laughs> Not you, sir. I believe recreational podcast listening is legal now. 
in uh, at least in Colorado. Not in Illinois, though. Decriminalized so. in Illinois. Oh, Decriminalized. Yeah, it's still. <laughs> but uh, not fully legal. Here we are. Ira Glass has suffered for too long. <laughs> There's a reason the WBEZ offices are on Lower Wacker, because they have to live in the shadows. It's a funny Chicago joke if you've ever been on Lower Wacker. We don't worry about the breadth, the breadth of the audience that our jokes hit with. So maybe just a heads up. Uh, it's volume. Volume of volume. jokes. Assuming one's going to land somewhere. as niche as possible. Great. Um, we're pretty good. Pretty good at it. Great uh, Matt, what's happening uh, in in South L.A. Uh, today? You getting ready to go to Miley? Is it Mile or Miley? How do what is the E? Is it a silent E? It's the silent E. It is. I also e. am going. When are we going to start getting a little more open-minded about what mile is? Uh, the imperial system of measurement is incredibly colonialistic. Uh, I think it's about time so we switch to meters or kilometers. Uh, the mile is really only relevant in the United States. Yeah, so we're getting ready to go to kilometer. kilometer. <laughs> I would love for the ELCA to come up with an acronym for the word kilometers. I'm taking submissions right now for what it would be. Yeah, this is our opportunity, Matt. We throw stones at Higgins Road all the time on the podcast. And today I'm bringing bringing the heat from most important issues. Kevin Strickland, this is your chance. Yeah, do you know... uh, uh, enemy of the podcast, Kevin Strickland, he has ducked us time after time. <laughs> Refused to come on the podcast. I work on the same uh, floor as enemy of the podcast, Kevin mm. Strickland. Not only that, but we graduated from the same high school, Lexington, South Carolina. Wow, I didn't know that. I well, thought you were from Houston. Okay. No, now you know. All right. Interesting facts. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, offline, we'll, we'll get more dirt on how we can undermine Kevin. Sure. Uh, and bring, bring him to his uh, faded demise. Seems right. Well, yes, to answer your question, Zach, we are getting ready to travel to Houston. We leave Friday night. We're going to take uh, the all-nighter with 17 kids. It's a really good idea. Is that a train? Uh, not taking the train. That okay. seems nightmarish. So we are taking uh, an airplane. And we're coming like a couple of days early because I thought we could do some sightseeing. Uh, but it turns out Houston seems to be quite the car culture like LA is. So you can't actually get many places that we wanted to go uh, with 17 people can be kind of challenging. Sounds great. Um, also, my kids were completely uninterested in the space center. <laughs> like, one of the 17 raised her hand, yeah, I want to go. And I was like, okay, is anyone else interested? Crickets. I don't know if you remember, Matt, from like six years ago when I took students to, uh, to L.A. and we stayed at St. Mark's for spring break and we did New City Parish stuff. And uh, I had a, a particular variety of nerd on the trip. I don't know if you all know this, guests on the podcast, uh, but there's a space shuttle at Exposition Park uh, uh-huh. in Los Angeles, an f- old space shuttle. Did not. And uh, they were really nice students who had not known me very long. <laughs> <laughs> but if I did not take them to see the space shuttle, they would have murdered me in my sleep on the floor of the sanctuary. <laughs> <in St. Mark's. laughs> They would ask around it really quietly, and I knew what they wanted, so I would just mess with them and not, like, make it really clear that we were definitely going to go see the space shuttle. Uh, but we did. We saw the space shuttle. Different pe- different groups of people, Matt. Yep. So, yeah, so we're going to ready to travel, and, yeah, it'll be a good week. It'll be an adventure. We have uh, T-shirts for every day. I'm very excited about that, including the one you're wearing right now. You should wear this shirt every day. Do you have one extra mm-hmm. for chance? <laughs> Do you have any extras, Matt? Savannah, Savannah will, will wear one on the main stage if you can. If you can. <laughs> not wear it on the main. That's what she nope. said. She committed to it. We heard it here on the pod. Thanks for fixing that, Nick, so that it clearly says right. Savannah says. Right. Right. I promise. Ah, jeez. So yeah, so that's what we're doing. You are also traveling this summer. You are currently in. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's at the end of the Oregon Trail um, in the Wilmette Valley. Oh, you made it there. We talked I did. Dysentery. Dysentery. Well, actually, Matt, it was, uh, I made poor choices back in March when I bought flights to this event. Uh, for one thing, I bought my 
incoming ticket a day before uh, I needed to be here. Uh, also, evidently, I thought it was a good idea to buy a flight that leaves out, that left out of Denver, uh, which is about 45 minutes from my house. Uh, at 6 a.m. Um, also, I decided a direct flight would not be most convenient. So my 6 a.m. flight stopped in Salt Lake, where I picked up dysentery um, and then flew <laughs> to Portland. Wow. Wow. Mm. I'm here through Saturday. Lovely, very humid. I'm very sweaty uh, when I run and stuff. Uh, I've had uh, no star sightings. I was looking for the Men and Blazers guys in the airport because they might be there. Mm. I was looking for balds. They're just regular balds. There were no Men and Blazer balds. Yeah. And I've not seen Dame Lillard or CJ McCollum anywhere. I've been by the Rose Garden a couple of times now running, and uh, or the Moda Center, as they call it. But still the Rose Garden in my heart. Uh, no Rashid Wallace, um, but I haven't checked any of the correctional facilities, so he may be uh, there. <laughs> Love you, Sheed. Ball don't lie. <laughs> Again, very narrow. I don't even know very what you're talking narrow. about at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah ball don't lie. Jennifer was a classmate of Rashid Wallace. Totes. <laughs> they Sold took, me my first dime back. They took African American studies classes together. Um, Hater! <laughs> <laughs> you see, Savannah, at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, they have this uh, <laughs> program called African American Studies. Uh, that lots of basketball players took classes in over the past uh, 20 years. Oh, right, but the athletes don't go to class. They didn't go to class right. or participate in the class. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, right. It's called independent study. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm traveling around the place. I'm on a summer preaching tour, Matt, which is uh, fun. Uh, where will I be? Oh, I'm not preaching this, su- this Sunday, Matt. I don't even need to care about these texts. I'm going to leave. You guys have a great time. Um, I get to do my first student wedding this weekend. Uh, Jeff Miller and Megan um, uh, are getting married. And destination wedding? Where else? What's the destination? Steamboat. So uh, I get free free weekend to Steamboat, which is pretty nice. Uh, So. Okay. I'm That's what you're preaching on these types. I am, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) When you get into an argument. What you do is you just dust the, just knock the dust off your shoulders yeah. <laughs> or your feet, and you just say, you, I'm king of Jerusalem. That's my parental advice. Yeah. That's what I got going on. What are you guys, what are you guys doing this week? Uh, July 8th, 4th of July week. Uh, birthday party. Birth, your birthday? July 3rd. Wow. What are you birthday doing with your party. birthday party? Laser tag? No, I don't know yet. I'm still planning it. You all should come. Yeah. You going to do that, like, midnight bowling? The black lights and stuff? No. Okay. No. Not, not cool enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said. <laughs> I can't really say what I'm going to do. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. There's a wide listenership. You don't want this to get out there. Uh, and yet, and yet, such a niche when it comes to comedy. <laughs> wow. What are no, you no, he's a Nietzsche. 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 Uh, Spain, what are you doing? Yeah, Week I will. July 8th. Yeah, I will have just uh, spoken at the closing worship at the National Probably had gathering. to field a lot of questions about your t-shirt. Uh, uh, which, <laughs> which will have been on at <laughs> <Yes>. See? <laughs> the gathering. Yep. Sure. We really landed this, dude. And um, yeah, then after kind of a whirlwind month at these events, I will be in Italy. <laughs> what? Visiting my foreign exchange brother. Little Italy. Italy. Nope. Big Italy. Big Italy. The, the real thing. The real deal. <laughs> okay. Uh, yep. Um, visiting my foreign exchange brother who lived with my family for a year. About a year ago when I got back from Rwanda and um, from what to hear him tell it it's beaches wine and pasta that's what I'm doing for my birthday <laughs> congratulations yeah, yeah you're right <laughs> yeah. and you're gonna wear shirts the entire time that's a, a wake bracelet yeah yeah we all are participating Dress codes this is fantastic thing, yeah. fan I wish it was something more ministry related. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I do oh, work. <laughs> Sometimes. I'm going to Steamboat Springs. <laughs> going to a mail review, possibly, with alumni? <laughs> what? 
that's where you take a look that's at your mailings for the past year. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be honest, yeah. I really did have to think about what you meant by mail review. <laughs> that was Both hilarious. Mail- yeah. <laughs> the students went with like a group on thing. All right, Jeff, we have to go for your work. Okay. Bulk mail review. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very bulky. <laughs> Ow. Uh, how's, how's Portland been for you all so far? Um, conferency. Conferency. Mm-hmm. I've seen some birds on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Salmon bake tonight. That's exciting. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, we're playing a fast and loose with the word exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it will be food, and we're thankful for that. <laughs> and free. And booze. And there'll be. Well, I mean, you gotta oh. pay though. Oh. You know I'm cheap. Yeah. Oh. Cash bar. Chris Evans will pay. Chris will pay. Boom. So, good. That's good to know. Thank yeah. You. Seen a lot of inside of conference rooms. I've been on some walks. Yeah? Um, yeah, I got a biscuit today from a biscuit mm. company, a relatively famous biscuit company, apparently, and um, a latte. It's exciting. We've been, I've been uh, with students. I've been working Ooh. with the LSM Council the past couple days. What's LSM, uh, Zach? LSM is Lutheran Student Movement, which is hosting oh. a national gathering in Memphis uh, from... December 29th to June 1st. January. 19th. January. It's going to be long. This is a more intensive, immersive experience. We made some changes. I was with the group today. You weren't. Okay. Um, what grant did we get? And Matt, I can't say this publicly, so I'm going to say it on the podcast. I think we can confirm at this point that there's going to be a surprise musical artist at the New Year's Eve party this year yes. in Memphis. Uh, Excellent. We, we can't say. It's Chance the Rapper. <laughs> <laughs> One of our students has two degrees of separation from Chance. Their cousin is friends with Chance from like the neighborhood and stuff. Uh, so I'm applying a lot of pressure because well, it feels like a thing Chance would do, right? Yeah. But a small, weird New Year's Eve party in Memphis exclusive. is just exclusive. exclusive it's New just Year's the kind of thing party. Chance might show up for. It would, yeah. I think that sounds like a really solid... Idea. I yep. thought you were going to say Elvis. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Which would have been a different direction. <laughs> Didn't want to say this, uh, but I'll go ahead and put it out there because oh, no. I believe in it. Um, I think it's going to happen. Dream it. You got to dream it to... Do it, be it. Believe it. Yeah, yeah. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. Visualize. Actualize. Yeah. You got to dream uh, buzzword. We're going to have a, a Johnny Cash Elvis Presley duet. <laughs> Two Memphis stars. It's going to be great. Uh, it will. Epic. Oh, but I've been doing the food Will cart thing. Will it be vinyl? It'll, it, it's been a short episode. Um, <laughs> we say that at the end of the podcast. <laughs> which is first trying to end the podcast. Um, the point of the matter here, Matt, there are food carts, not trucks, all over City of Portland. They're everywhere. Really interesting or whatever. And uh, I started off with barbecue eel, Matt. That's been the most interesting thing I've eaten uh, since I've been here. Barbecue eel. It was disappointing because I wanted an extreme experience. I wanted it to either be really good or really bad. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. Kind of fishy, kind of barbecuey. Kind mm-hmm. fishy. I wanted extremes, Matt, but I didn't get it. Didn't get it. Well, you're supposed to bring rocks from home, Matt. You what? For this conference, oh, you're, supposed you're supposed to bring an offering of a rock. You're not going to believe this, Matt, but I forgot a rock. I did not bring rocks. You didn't bring, you didn't bring a boulder with you? Oh. <laughs> Matt, do not be fooled. I try to go with the broad humor. I try to avoid the narrow. Do not, <laughs> do not be deceived. Do not be fooled by the rocks that I have, um, because I'm still Jenny from the block. Oh my so, god! Can we have to move the next? We got a thing on eight. Is it T four T? Yeah. Rig it up, Nick. Uh, <laughs> ding ding. What's happening, Matt? In the text. It's time for the text. Let's make it happen. We're both on Pacific time, too. How about that? This never happens. I know. It made it much less confusing. I didn't even have to ask you, do you mean three-year time? Or? Uh, so we've been working our way through the David Bowie narrative in the Old Testament. It's been, uh, it's been pretty good. You see, Savannah, the semi-continuous lectionary this year, which is an alternate version of what you can read every week for the Old Testament that allows you to have one single story all summer, mm. is the story of King David. Mm. And so clearly, we are observing the summer of David. Bowie, where we're pairing David Bowie songs <laughs> really? to the story of King David. Inspired. Uh, it's really an so inspired idea. It, yeah, we thought about doing the summer of David Gray, but it was only one song that we could do. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, feels like, it feels like he could have made it a little more expansive, like just summer of David and anything. Like, 
Is it going to last summer? We did a summer of Genesis. We're going to come back around to Which was bad. Yeah. <laughs> One of us was way more excited than the other mm. about the summer of Genesis. I understand. I under- I don't. I kind of understand. Matt spent a lot of time and energy coming up with a Phil Collins song, Genesis, I and a Phil Collins biography. And a, a Peter Gabriel. Song. It's really well researched podcast, you know? On half of it, it was super well researched. I didn't participate. <laughs> what? I just watched it. You just watched the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> there are other things involved. <laughs> okay, boy. David Bowie has been, uh, he's finally on the scene. Uh, and these, these facts were in 2 Samuel. The whole book of 1 Samuel is like, there's not very much David Bowie, it's like all of his influences. And uh, and then he starts to rise. He's like a kid, and there's this whole face-off that hiding with Goliath. And now finally, wait a second, Matt. Yeah. Did you say there was a face-off? Mm-hmm. Is that like a John Travolta thing where he takes someone yeah, else's yeah, yeah. face? Ugh. And Mm-mm. Nick Cage. I don't. Okay. David Bowie take Prince's face. Ooh. That would be pretty cool. Whose face would David Bowie take? We ask the hard questions on this podcast. That's right. We do. We do. <laughs> so twisted. Just going to keep driving forward. So last, and last week, David was, uh, was mourning the death of Saul. It was a very grief-centric podcast. So maybe this will be happier today. It's a happy text, man. Well, kind of. Uh, yeah. as long the as parts we read are happy. <laughs> we're left out. As long as you leave those out. So, uh, yeah, so here's what happens. All the tribes of Israel come to David at Hebron and said, Look, we are your bonus lights. So for some time, uh, while Saul was king over us, it was you who led out Israel and brought him in. The Lord said to you, It is you who shall be shepherd of my people Israel. You shall be ruler over Israel. So they come and they make a covenant with David and they anoint him king over Israel. David, 30 years old, he reigns for 40 years, blah, blah, blah. Uh, names his stronghold, the city of David. Uh, and David becomes greater and greater for the Lord, the God of hosts, who's with him. Word of God, word of life. Relatively short text today. So it's the inauguration, the coronation of David. That was what my sister-in-law kept calling my ordination, my coronation. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the rest of us experienced it as. <laughs> so I don't know. Do you have any initial thoughts there? I just wonder what the crowd was like at his coronation. How big was it? Compared to like Saul's court, ordina- uh, court mm. coronation, was it much much bigger there? Yeah, right. No, I mean it's definitely that's a piece of it, right? Is uh, so David is identified as a shepherd over the people. That's what the king is supposed to look like is like a shepherd. So there's some stuff going on here about what a king should look like. Um, should a king look like someone who has a terrible policy and then gets applauded for retracting that horrible policy? Is that what a king does? I don't know. It's an open question. Perhaps explored by the text. There's some process in the text, Matt. That might be worth uh, teasing on. There in verse 5, uh, right at Hebron, uh, he reigned over Judah for seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned over all of Israel and Judah 33 years. So there were seven years and seven and a half years in which he was just the king of the south of Judah. Uh, Israel in the north, Judah in the south, um, and it took after seven. It took seven years, seven and a half years, for him to unite the kingdoms, which is like considered really. That's why we care about David because he united the kingdoms, and that's why the people longed for David to come back uh, in the Jesus sort of stuff is because they wanted the united, uh, a united monarchy or whatever. It took him seven years. Seven and a half years. Seven and a half years. That's crazy because the ELCA would have caught it something after three. That's how transformational ministry is supposed to work. <laughs> Only supposed to take three years. Well, David had his funding, his funding pool, so. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But they had Kickstarter, and the Jezebites were really supportive. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're sure you're right. You're right. So he, he does, he makes the kingdom. Bruggeman in, in his commentary also talks about um, the meaning of Jerusalem here. So there's some really weird stuff that takes place in verses 6 to 8 that we, doesn't show up here. Um, and there's, I mean, it raises some questions about what the city of Jerusalem is going to mean going forward. So here's like a specific, like you could read this as like a, 
I don't know, something out of the history textbook, right? I mean, here's like a little historical narrative. But then it also is going to take on greater and greater meaning in the rest of Scripture, especially as the prophet starts to talk about what Jerusalem might mean or what the restoration of Jerusalem might mean, um, what it means to be the city of God. Um, Isaiah is going to describe it later as a house of prayer for all people. Um, what does it mean to have a place of inclusivity, right? That's not how it's described here at first, and yet um, with this new king, there's a sense of possibility. There's a sense of newness. And the texts that come later after this are going to call back to this text and say, maybe there can be a sense of newness again. Maybe we can have a new start again. So it's a story about a new start. Um, and it's one that's going to be um, that later writers and, um, and biblical theologians are going to look back and take this story uh, and try to do some new things with it. So in a lot of ways, like it is a foundational text, even though there's, it's pretty short. Um, it seems like it's just a transition of power kind of text. Um, but, uh, but there's a lot that folks are going to do with it later. So I think that's why it's included here. I think the key to it, right, is the last verse there in 10. Uh, David became greater and greater for the Lord. The God of hosts was with him. Um, that, that what we have here, the realized political thing that happened in uniting the kingdoms uh, was good in that it helped to make real a reality that was already true for God, right? That, that one of the bold claims about God throughout the Old Testament is that God is not just the God of, of the Israelites, but God is the God of all people, uh, mm. which is the thing that the Israelites don't always like from time to time. Mm. Um, and so this text, right, is in terms of like when we, when we do like the, the, the grammar of good news and exactly how that works, and we always try to have God doing the heavy lifting. God's doing all the heavy lifting here. David is only important because of the ways that he's revealing what God has already done. Does that make sense? So we yeah. need a David. No, I think, I mean, I think that's, I think that's relevant, Jennifer. Like, I think, I mean, what, um, so this idea that God is, a, is the God of all people, I mean, that's, and not just of your own tribe. And that's even here in this text, right? Verse 1, all the tribes uh, come all the tribes of Israel. But again, like you can explode that a little bit. You can play with it, I think. Uh, and I think that'll preach this summer, right? To be thinking about God as the God of all people. I also think like... Um, That's what Jesus was doing a couple weeks ago, right? Where the uh, the hemorrhaging woman has been hemorrhaging for 12 years. That, that the little girl uh, who dies is 12 years old, right? That there's this symbolism of Jesus doing the work that David did of bringing wholeness to the fractured thing. Yeah. Yeah, and so, so David's going to be, um, in a lot of ways, a precursor to Jesus, right? So when we talk about Jesus, like the New Testament writers are going to be calling back to David again and again. Um, so there, obviously, there's a lot of connection with Jesus there. But I also think, so one of the things that I preached on last week, um, I was preaching on the text last week, I said a couple, let's say a couple weeks ago, as you're hearing this podcast, of... Um, when Samuel anoints David, when he's just like, he's just a boy, right? Like, it's like a, it's like a, a predictive anointing, a, like very early kind of anointing, right? But for me, the connection there to a congregation is that we're all anointed in our baptism, right? We're Speak for yourself, man. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I will. <laughs> No, I think we're anointed. I mean, there's a connection to Jesus, right? And then after Jesus, we're anointed as the body of Christ. And so this is some of the work that we are called to do too, right? We're not just waiting on David, um, but we are called to now take up this anointing and go out and be the body of Christ together. So I could, I mean, I think you could go with it in that direction too. Um, after you proclaim the thing that God is doing, to say then that this is part of our response is to live out our anointing. I'm interested in um, also how... Like what this passage says to some of the other political stuff that's been going on in the world, specifically related to this region lately, when you're talking about like reunifying and like all of Israel belonging, not belonging to David, but all of Israel being unified under David and like God being the God of all people and that being justification for the Israelites having the power over all this land, it's not the same thing as the state of Israel, but it is read that way by, I think, a lot of, um, especially Christians in the U.S., and so, like, that's not what I believe to be true about Israel and Palestine, but, like, you know, what does this text say then in relationship to that? We've both been to Hebron, 
right, which is where this takes place mm, yeah. uh, in Hebron. And uh, the manifestation of that idea in the way that it gets talked about in the U.S. and in the way that it, it, it becomes real in Israel-Palestine these days, um, the reality on the ground is looks nothing like wholeness or unification, yep. right? Um, it is a place of just extreme heartbreaking division, brokenness, right? Like the the folks with cages, right, and bars around yeah. their windows, uh, not to keep them in, but to keep folks from throwing stuff into them. Um, this text is certainly too, I think, too triumphalistic to preach on its own. Uh, fortunately, you don't have to, we don't just get the story. And for me, that kind of, the answer to that kind of question lies at the end of this thing. Um, that it's not the works of David that are that are what's being celebrated here, but the works right. of God being celebrated here. Uh, and David's going to get it wrong, right? Like, we get one good story here uh, about David. Fucks it all up. He's going to get it very wrong here in the future. Um, right. But also not bad as well, I think, to have some clarity about the things that we're working towards. Sure. In the face of, like, current mm-hmm. political border realities. Move the gospel? We have to, man. Oh, Matt, we're still in Mark, Gospel Mark, chapter six. Uh, we just had the story that I told. Uh, we just, Jesus just came and healed the twelves, uh, the woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years and uh, healed the girl who had died who was 12. Uh, and after he left that place, he came to his hometown. Dude goes home all the time. Uh, he is homesick mama's boy. Just stay at college. You don't need to go home, okay? Call on Sunday and you're fine. He's the kid who's going home all the time. Um, can't stay away. Uh, and nobody even likes him there, so I don't know why. <laughs> yep. Dude, they're trying to tell you for your own good. Stay away. It's not good for you to come back all the time. Uh, so he left that place, came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. Uh, and many who heard him were still there. Where did uh, this man get all of this? And this is right. Yep. Yeah. It is right. Uh Gosh, they're astonished again. All the powers, the deeds are being done by his hands. Though of note, he did not stop the woman's hemorrhaging with his hands. The woman's hands did that because she reached out and touched him, and power left him. Not his hands. Uh, God's... Semantics. Uh, Matt, this is another episode of uh, Issues I Have with the Church Lot. Based on that passage, we should rename God's work our hands. Uh, our work, God's hands. <laughs> our blood, God's. We'll figure it out. Uh, but it's, <laughs> we did Cloak. definitely had. We definitely had a sex retreat with students called God's Work, Our Hands. Um, that they got. That's awesome. Can't hate on it. Right. I like it. <laughs> multi multi use catchphrase. Yeah. You know. It's it's all true. I think, well, maybe that was the. Uh, that was the intention, you know? Like, they want you to use I don't know. Matt, earlier today, the LSM Council gave a presentation to the new staff at New Staff Orientation. And one of your students, Matt Chantel Aug- uh, Augustine? Yeah. Yep. Uh, students, anyway, I have a hard time with Augustine Augustine. Uh, is, is here on the council presenting to folks. And we, we made, uh, she's been fantastic, of course, as always, uh, Mills College's own. And uh, we did a little presentation for folks. And we made slides. Uh, <laughs> And the question that, the, that, that formed our the slides and, and the responses to the slides was, what happens at the LSM gathering? Uh, and Chantel had a great one first. Uh, she said, memories are made. Uh, it was good. Ooh. It was good, mm-hmm. right? She's got words, man. She's got words. Mm-hmm. And uh, at breakfast this morning, we were working on the presentation, and one of our colleagues has a baby here, uh, and some communication pathways got crisscrossed, uh, and we very nearly ended up with a slide that said, Babies are made. At the LSM gathering. We better have that. Ooh, God's work our hands. Sex workshop. All that said, Matt. Uh, so, you went back to his hometown. People are astonished. I love that they're, uh, they ask rhetorical questions. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joe's? Who's Josie's? His brother. Jose? Josie's? And the. 
I've never heard of this character. And Judas and Simon, uh, and not his sisters here with us. Thank goodness we didn't name his sisters. That would have been too much. Women, am I right? Josie's. <laughs> Josie got a, got a call out, but not the sisters. And they took offense at him for the second time. They've been offended by Jesus. Jesus has disowned his family. Maybe he shouldn't come he home after he does that, right? He's like, who are my father? Who's my mother and father and sisters and brothers? With those who do the will of God. And he's like, I'm home. What's for dinner? Like, no. You publicly shamed us. You don't get to come back. And like, yeah, we changed your room while you were gone. It's a gym now. I have an office. And, and there's an elliptical machine in there. I don't know what your problem is. Um, we're still paying for college. They took offense, and then Jesus said to them, Jesus, with, you know, no Vaseline, uh, just a diss track here. Jesus said to them, prophets are not without honor, except in their own hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could, here's the interesting stuff. This is really, like, we've talked about one of the things that's important in Mark is power is a, is a thread throughout. Uh, it was interesting with the, just now uh, at the end of chapter 5 when the, what it says is that the woman reached out, touched the hem of his garment, and power left him. Power left Jesus. Uh, so it's not like Jesus is like a wizard like shooting power at his fingers. It's this weird thing. Uh, but here it says uh, in his hometown he could do no deed of power there. He is found kryptonite except that he laid his hand on a few, people, a few sick people and cured them. Right? He had no power no except the ability to cure people. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Uh, so we get kind of two parts. That's the first part. Uh, a prophet is not welcome. Uh, prophets are not without honor, except in their own hometown and among their own kin. In the second part, he calls the 12, 12, again, 12 tribes, uniting the 12, calling them, sending them out two by two, not bringing them in, right? Sending them out beyond the walls. Uh, and he ordered them to take nothing with them except a staff. You could bring a staff. Uh, Donatello, most influential Ninja Turtle on the Gospel of Mark. Uh, <laughs> no nunchucks, no swords, no size. Um, also, no bread bag or money in your belts. But wear sandals like the Ninja Turtles. Uh, and not to put on two tunics because the Ninja Turtles didn't wear tunics. Only, what's his name? Splinter? Splinter. Skinter. Skinner. President <laughs> Principal Skinner's on uh, another show, another cartoon. Mm, uh, put them together. <laughs> And freeload. Basically, use Airbnb, couch surf for a while, uh, in our house, stay there until you leave the place. What instructions that is. Stay there until, until you leave. <laughs> I was going to double stay, but I'll stay and then leave. He also spent a lot of time on the wardrobe to give them like, very <laughs> limited instructions yeah. about what they're actually supposed to do. Agreed. It's like, packing is the most important part. <laughs> My main critique with the Gospels is the amount of detail they spent on superfluous shit. <laughs> So they, were like, they tell, like, Jesus ate a fish sandwich. And then he opened their minds to understand all of the scriptures. You're like, it's like, you could have been really a lot more explicit in this part. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know that part. I know fish sandwiches. I love them. I enjoy a good fish taco. They're, like, trying to make it relatable, but it's like, you're, you're doing too much. You're, like, yeah. in the wrong places. <laughs> uh, and then here's the, the line, right? Uh, if you... If any place will not welcome you, and they refuse to hear you, just like my hometown, and my mom and my... So let's say you go to see, visit my parents. Uh, here's what you should do. As you leave, shake off the dust that's on your feet as a testimony against them. And so they went out and proclaimed that all should repent, and they cast out demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured. The twelve united sent out beyond the walls. Turns out they have power, but in the center of things, inside of the walls of the hometown, mm. no true power. The God of hosts is not with them. Gospel of the Lord, Matt. There's a lot going on, man. What is up with this angry Jesus? He seems angry. Am I reading my anger into his anger, or is he, like, actually angry? Probably. You're usually pretty angry. No, I'm not, Matt. I'm just Have a you gone off about... Wait, can I ask a question of the of our guest? Has Zach gone off about how much he hates the speaker yet? That usually happens. Uh, there has been no speaker yet, but I oh, look forward okay. to this diatribe afterwards <laughs> where we stand in the corner and Zach yeah, tells me right. all the theological things that were wrong with what this person will say. Oh gosh. Like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> tribes. It's my favorite part of every gathering with Zach. <laughs> Gotta have a snarky friend in the corner. Let us I mean, pick apart what you think you just said. <laughs> you don't know, fool. <laughs> Let me teach you about Jesus. I tried to do that one time. It didn't work out very well. Mm -hmm. That now we're at a first call event. Anyway, it's best for me not to participate in conferences. Um, Yet here you are. <laughs> I have to be with my child. 
Oh, uh, lots of us are really invested in the podcast. Uh, for our listeners, because this is an audio medium, uh, we're now looking at an empty chair. It's like perfectly a jo- like mm. like clearly he just ran away because he shook spun the dust the, off. He shook the dust off. Mm. To answer your question, I think the only two places that really sounds like just pissed is like Prophets are not without honor, and he was amazed at their unbelief. That sounds like a massive eye roll, right? Like mm, amazed. It does speak like it's. I mean, the Bible has so much tension in it, which is is probably why uh, I think there's is is decently true. Uh, so much of what I think the work that we do in campus ministry is helping students be comfortable with sort of disbelief, unbelief, mm-hmm. uh, or what they think that means mm-hmm. and looks like. Uh, so to hear a text that's pretty, like, well, yep. <laughs> doesn't sound like that's what Jesus is saying. Right. Um, I think there's probably nuance to all that, but um, but that's stark. I mean, I can see where he's, like, angry. Because you think about when you go home, like, in this idyllic world, those are supposed to be your people who know you best, and these people don't seem to know him at all. That's so. why that's why I love his passage so much because mm. I was I was raised in a family that doesn't believe a lot of the doesn't fall certainly on the same side of the political spectrum that I do. And when I went to camp, when I went to campus ministry and was exposed mm. to this like liberation theology, I like came back to my hometown and like still love them all very much and we just mm-hmm. saw things super differently and I do think it's hard to preach to your own, to, like, your immediate yeah. people. Yeah. Like, it's good to preach to, like, the, the people that, you know, fall in the same demographics as you and, mm-hmm. like, might have some similar life experiences, but they're, it, the gospel kind of talks about this relationship between your home and you mm-hmm. that is even different from, like, just me speaking to other, mm-hmm. you know, middle-class white women. Yeah. So this is always, I've always really loved this passage, and it's really resonated with me for that reason. Yeah. In social work school, we would talk about how you can't do therapy with your own family. Right. Like, you have the tools and you're equipped, but it's just not going to work. Right. So what sorry, What does it say Zach. about your relationship with your mother? Um, <laughs> that's, that's a whole, a whole separate podcast. We're, we're, we're tied into the, the theme of the conference that has not yet begun, mm. uh, which is about uh, yeah. home and sense of place. How? Uh, and that... Oh gosh, this is, I'm, I could either really like this or it's going to make me incredibly angry. I can get really cheesy if you'd like. Yeah, please. So I could echo what Savannah said, where you're like original people. They're not really my people, but they're my people, you know, Mm -hmm. they do anything for me, but we're in totally different uh, worlds in terms of theology and politics and basic stuff. And yet I come here away from my home and I'm with all these people who are, like, now really my people. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I heard a lot while we did the, when we did the Israel-Palestine trip mm-hmm. uh, was that it's, what, is this the phrase that it's a land conflict, not a religious conflict? Mm-hmm. I feel like that was one of the phrases I heard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that I understand what's trying to be communicated in that right. phrase, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. I disagree with the exact words. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I think... There were no people without a land for Israel. I think that, that, that land is, there's a religious dimension to land. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. right. To place and to home generally, but right. definitely, I mean, when you talk to Palestinians about why, why not just leave? Mm-hmm. Like, if they're being so, like, like, their basic human dignity is being stripped from them, like, why not just leave? And the answer is, um, yeah, this is our home. Like, we are spiritually connected to this place. How is he super loud and not even in the room? He's not in the room. Um, very loud. Yeah, I, uh, I've probably said on the podcast a bunch, but uh, Ben Stewart, professor of worship at LSTC, who's a friend and done some stuff with our ministry, uh, has pointed me to this really uh, helpful quote from Augustine, where he says mm-hmm. that our bodies are the earth we carry, mm. uh, which fits with this dust-to-dust sort of thing. Um I just, like, kind of love that Jesus is, like, it's okay if, like, preaching the gospel means that you're not accepted in your own hometown. Well, I think one of the things that we have lost in uh, in the white American, like, West, in the larger sense, is a sense of place. Absolutely. Right? Because um, we stole it. Well, right, like, I can't, 
it's the dumb thing, right? Like, I can't, there's nowhere for me to go home to, really, anymore. Um, I haven't lived there in, in 15 years. Um, I am not the person that the people in that place think me mm. or expect me to be. Um, that feels like a Kelly Clarkson song. Well, that I'm that on the list. The most offensive <laughs> thing anyone's ever said to me. Um, <laughs> Soundtrack of my life. <laughs> right, so it's hard for us to... to I mean, I think that's uh, maybe some helpful framing for the context of, like, why don't you just move? Because I can just move all the time right. and move anywhere um, because I don't have that understanding of... Like spiritual ties to the land in the same place. place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but also just, yeah, that if you're... Like you said, and I've heard, like, the queer community talk about, like, mm-hmm. chosen family a lot, mm-hmm. especially this month with Pride. I don't know. Maybe that's not what the gospel meant but it's like you know sometimes things with your place that you come from is are hard those things are hard Mm -hmm. and I do think it's important to note that like your hometown is not everyone's hometown Mm -hmm. so it doesn't mean that like nobody can do things in Nazareth like nobody can do acts of power in Nazareth Mm -hmm. because it's not everyone's hometown so if everybody's going to somewhere that's not their hometown they're still doing acts of power but that also you know if those aren't your people there are still there are still like people in the world for you, you your chosen yeah. family. Well, and I'd, I'd push a little, just for, like a slight nuance, right? Because uh, like chosen always gets me a little uncomfortable because I hate like choosing Jesus sorts of things. But Jesus I, chooses I'd lean back. You. Yeah, I'd lean back on what we talked about for for the David lean story. Back. Sure. That lean back. I understand lean chosen, but I think. It's more about living into the thing that God has created, which is inherently whole, uh, which is inherently much more about uh, uh, who are my mother and father, right? Sure. Um, not that Jesus throws away the idea of a family, but expands right. it beyond yeah, our imagination. That's fair. Um, which is way harder to say than, like, chosen family. Yeah. I certainly didn't mean that, like, yeah, yeah. choose Jesus, like, some, like, mm-hmm. uh, evangelical... Would you like Rem- to pray now? Thing. Can I save your soul type of, you know, choosing choosing the Lord. But I get you. I think, I think you're right. We can pray now. Uh, and, and I think maybe one last thing I'll say about the text. Uh, important to recognize uh, just some, like, social realities in the place and time. Mm-hmm. That leaving your family system is not like moving to Portland. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is leaving a community where... And going to a place where no one has any responsibility to care for you, right? Like, there's no social safety net. The Good mm-hmm. Samaritan is a radical story because yeah. they're doing something. They're not even, you're not supposed to take care of other people. Uh, you're only supposed to take care of your family, uh, your kinship group. Right. Um, and so what's, a part of what it's saying, I think, is that acts of power are only possible. The power of God can only be accessed when you move to that place of extreme vulnerability uh, mm-hmm. in the places of, like, we got... Uh, a couple weeks ago in the bottom of the boat in the middle of the storm um, that the power of God's fully accessed, right? Or I don't know if access is the right word. Realized, made real uh, on the cross, ultimately. What are you listening to this week, Matt? What am I listening to? Good question for a violent preacher. Isn't it? We should do like a whole podcast around like a playlist. Well, you just talked about this text in which uh, they're supposed to shake off the dust that's on their feet. That's what I hear. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what song I'm going to go with? Um, Do it. Uh, shake. <laughs> an Alabama shake song? Oh, that would be a good idea. Oh, I'm not going to Alabama shake, so I'm going uh, shake it off, but not Taylor Swift's original. I'm going with Ryan Adams' super depressing cover of it. <laughs> Shake it off, Ryan Adams, Matt. Yeah, shake it off, Ryan Adams. My hometown, Bruce Springsteen. Always classic. About coming home to your hometown. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Born in the USA, underrated album. Uh, read the verses, not the choruses. And then uh, I need, I need some David Bowie songs. So obviously, this is finally the week in the summer of this changes everything that we get. Changing mm. because uh, the leadership is changing. It is. That's good. So finally, we're going to use David Bowie's changes, uh, and also some special kings. 
uh, let's go with David Bowie's Bring Me the Disco King. <laughs> Which is kind of a boring song, but yeah. it's a pretty incredible title. It's an excellent title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it, Matt. I've got uh, Kingdom Come, which is a David Bowie song. Uh, uh, I don't think it's particularly well known, but good title. Uh, the more f- famous song, Matt, that I'm going to go with uh, has to do with Jesus wrestling with his, his this emerging fame and popularity, except in his own town, uh, fame, David Bowie. We also recently had some listener feedback, Matt, that some people weren't super excited about the, the summer of Bowie. And they weren't super excited what? about the summer of Bowie after the summer of Genesis, uh uh, because they found it a little, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? White. A little too, uh, well, white. <laughs> We're not going to do anything to address the whiteness, but. Uh, like the ELCA. Like the ELCA. Um, we love you, Savannah. Thanks for being on the pod, Savannah. Uh, thanks for wearing our shirt at the gallery. We really appreciate that. Um, we can try What if you got a vinyl picture tattoo? Continue. See? Um, <laughs> later tonight. Uh, uh, a little too too much uh, too duty too too uh, too too manly. So I explicitly I can't do anything about David Bowie, uh, and he seems fairly fluid. Um, but I'm gonna go with uh, Hyam, uh one of my new favorite bands. Don't save me. Because uh, she's just kind of telling people off here. So I'm going Hyam. Don't save me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Fleetwood Mac. Go your own way, you jerks. And then my middle school uh, favorite musical artist of all the sixth grade, Alanis Morissette. Yes. Uh, mm. You, uh, you, uh, you. Ah, no. Um, amazed at their disbelief. When she performed at the Grammys in sixth grade in 1996, uh, she sang the full song, You Ought to Know. Wow. Uh, on CBS. Wow. Right? And it got bleeped. Yeah, of course. Right? Mm-hmm. But they didn't just, like, bleep it. It went to a test screen. So it's like she's singing te- te- test screen and back, right? Mm-hmm. I did not have uh, cable or MTV or any way to access her music because, as Matt and I have talked about, I don't know, Savannah, uh, you you're so young and I'm radio? so old. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this. That my way of acquiring music uh, in middle school was by joining CD clubs. Where for a penny, you got 16 CDs. Uh, but they were, I did Columbia House, and she was an Atlantic mm-hmm. artist, and so she was not in my club. So I only bought the singles from Walmart. Uh, so I had Ironic, which was my favorite song. Um, I didn't know what the word was. I got bleeped out. So in sixth grade, the next morning, Monday morning, we were all like, what did she say? What happened? Right? Uh, it's fuck. That's what she said. Um, wow, what a relic. That was a real time capsule <laughs> moment. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> Matt, uh, exciting news on the podcast. Savannah and I just found out that tonight in Portland at the Oregonian, which is the local newspaper, uh, Portugal the Man is hosting a free show uh, brought to you by Miller Lite. Mm. All the Miller Lite you could drink mm. uh, or Miller Ice. You get to choose between the two. Uh, it's going to be very hot. It's going to be a great show. We're excited to go check it out. Sweet. Last year we saw Dawes sponsored by Bud Light, and you could drink five Bud Lights if you could drink them all in 15 minutes. That is actually true. And it was so hot. We ran like half a mile to get to that show from we did. From, <laughs> from, the, from a boat from the bat watching boat. Yes. The bat yes. boat. <laughs> we were in the bat boat. <laughs> we ran we half a mile to get to this like Austinians only show yeah. that randomly got. And we looked like for. we were we were we were two of ten people who had heard of Dawes before. Right. So uh, we fit in great. Yeah. We got good seats. They sweated on us. Did you know Taylor recently climbed Mount Kilimanjaro? I did not know that. With his now fiance. Hey, congrats to Taylor. Mandy Moore. Wait, he's engaged to Mandy Moore? Yes. I feel like you just made that up. All of those, none of those things sound like they could be real together. True. She was at the Boulder Show. Hiked Kilimanjaro and marrying Mandy Moore. Wow. <laughs> you weren't lying about that part. No. I'm so confused. Maybe he does write beautiful music. Right. It's used and saved. Mm. And was her a recording artist in her own right. I thought you yes. said she wasn't saved. She wasn't was saved. Like, now she is. Her you character pro- was definitely going to hell. Her. <laughs> yes. Taylor Goldsmith. <laughs> yeah. Noted Christian. 
<laughs> Evangelical. Yeah, not Jewish at all. Uh, anyway. Anyways, Dawes is good. So you should. Dawes is good. That's what we got. What do you got? You guys have anything to add to the playlist this week? We're going to have an extensive playlist. Yeah. Wow, this is. I'm ready. What do you got? I would um, like to add Jay Z. Jay Z? Is it off the new album that got dropped this week on Tidal that I'm not going to hear for a few months? Because. No. How would I access this new Jay Z Beyonce album? <laughs> it's not in the CD club. It's <laughs> not in the CD club. Uh, I'll really. tape it off the radio for you. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Make sure you get a clean start. Like, that's important. Yeah, it's don't, hard. They talk, don't let them talk over, over it. The, they yeah. talk over it. They know you're doing it. <laughs> Especially on the countdowns. Oh, Top nine and nine. Casey, mm. I think I know what Jay-Z playing is. Yeah. Yeah. You want to sing it? <laughs> nope. Sing it, Matt. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to brush the dirt. Finally. Off Zach's shoulder. Mm-hmm. It might be really dangerous, but who knows? Who knows? Whatever. Okay. I would also like to add, um, I've got the power by Snap. By Snap. Because you got you to gotta take it back. For the students. I don't know this song. You don't know this song? I don't song? even know who Snap is, frankly. It was like one hit wonder. I, I'm gonna laugh if this isn't the song. I think it is. Oh, I do know this. You remember yeah. this? Yeah. Come on. I just did that. You did. It was wonderful. Okay. A passerby played that music, not <clears> us. <throat> Uh, so we are not infringing on anyone's copyright. No, not at all. Um, and then finally, because we need a little cheese on the pod. Yeah. Because I'm not as cool as you all with the the new stuff. Home by Edward Sharp. Mm, that's good. Zeros. That's good. That's good. I feel like there's probably a good Brandy Carlisle song for this week, too. Oh, She does yeah. a lot of home ones. Yeah. Wherever, Wherever is your heart, heart is your home. Is oh. I mean, it's unfortunately, it's a really good song. Yeah. Super cheesy yeah. hook there, but I am missing, I'm going to Germany uh, first 10 days of August, and I'm missing a number of good shows. Brandy Carlisle's playing a show at the Fox in Boulder, which is a super intimate theater uh, venue. I where saw I got it on to see Dawes before. Asheville, and it was awesome. Dawes is playing the Pepsi Center. I'm going to be gone, but they're coming back on their Passwords tour, and I have tickets for that, so. I don't know how much country you usually have on the old pod. Matt I... will not stop putting big and rich songs on the play. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that it's contentious. Hey, I'd like to pat myself on the back for thinking of a somewhat modern country artist. It was like modern when we were in college. The horse has been saved. The cowboy has been ridden. Good God. Night. All right. Well, at the risk of in, in uh, at the risk of inviting your ire, the only one that I can really think that's super passive aggressive, so you won't notice. I will. Uh, I want to come on again and have like more preparation with the text so that I can actually pick some good songs. Anytime. I promise my taste in music isn't terrible, but um, I actually really like some solo female country artists. Mm-hmm. I think they're like kind of. An We've had country artists on the podcast as guests. All right. Christina Murray, Clemson Zone. Clemson Zone. Uh, shout out to campus pastor Chris Hevner. We did get some listeners. I don't I hate to, 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 to inter- interject here. No, you're doing great. But we've got some listener feedback we need to get to as well. Uh, that This is a, probably a good time to say. Sure. Uh, there's been some sectors hmm. of the listenership. Older. That, older <laughs> older parts of the listenership that, that lament missed opportunities for us to to by name thank Chris Hevner for our places in the universe mm-hmm. campus pastor at Clemson uh, yeah. he says we I mean he, he, I don't want to say he says it but people <laughs> are out there saying we talk about Clemson enough but we don't explicitly say Chris Hevner enough when we mm-hmm. talk about Clemson Savannah Sullivan alum of, uh, of Clemson University uh, as a number of our guests have been yes. Tahina a Clemson University alum yep. uh, Christina Murray recording artist out of Nashville Clemson alum uh, all Forever indebted. What about you? That's me as well. Yes, I went to Clemson University. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Zach, it should be noted, Chris Hevner, NC State alum. That's true. It's an incestuous game we play. Um, we are all forever indebted to Christopher Stowe Hevner. Um, may he rest in peace. Yeah. He's alive. <laughs> <laughs> we do love oh, Pastor yeah. Chris. Also, the song I choose is House That Built Me by Brent Miranda Lambert. 
a kind of nice. a lamentation about returning to the house mm. that she grew up in and it not knowing her. Did so. she build her own house? She um, didn't. Do you know who built houses? Who builds houses? Wow, this is quite wait, a segue. Wait, wait, wait. Tell us. Do you know Christopher Stowe, Heavener builds houses? <laughs> ah, for, uh, yeah, Habitats for Just Humanity. For he will also be at the National Youth Gathering. So What's I he going like to do? Really all build houses. Chris oh. Hevner. Building houses. Chris Hevner. In Jesus' name. Uh, anything else you want to put on the playlist, Savannah? Not now. Cool. I'll, come, I'll come with better suggestions next time. Fantastic. Matt, what's the good news? Yeah, we finished the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> good news is we haven't kicked out of this room yet. Well, almost. <laughs> Three times. Twice. A couple times. I've been kicked out of a lot of rooms on this trip already. Matt, uh, here's what I'm going to say is the good news. Savannah, I don't know if you know this story, uh, but I have a history of getting kicked out of things. Uh, mm. I was kicked out of middle school band. Mm. I was kicked off of the soccer team in high school. Oh. Uh, I was almost kicked off the football team, um, but we, we worked around that. And then in college, I was banned from intramural sports at Clemson for life. Um, <laughs> because that happens. It's just naturally yeah. part of the process. So I was on a flag football team uh, called, <laughs> called The Meat. Uh, because mm. uh, we, if we lost, we wanted people have to have to say something, and um, uh, they'd be the meat. Um, <laughs> wow, that's a, yeah. thing taking yeah. a lot of. We were super serious. Okay, we were super serious, super competitive. We had a number of really good athletes. The two hundred meter champ from the state of Florida was on our team, uh, and had less ability to control his emotions than I do. Uh, so we together would lose our brains and do really dumb things. I found a competitive, I'm a nerd, I don't know if you guys know this, so I'd read the rule book for flag football mm. at Clemson. We finished in the final four our, uh, our freshman year mm. at Clemson, all divisions, right? Uh, we were pretty good. <laughs> and uh, in flag football, you can't pull shorts. You have to pull the flags. You can't pull yeah. the shorts. It's illegal. Um, and so, uh, but people all the time grab the shorts. It's hard to officiate that. So I realized that a competitive advantage I would have if I decreased the amount of shorts I had. <laughs> right? So I wore uh, my cross-country shorts that were cut to the waistband uh, when I played flag football. Uh, and we were paying out big rivals, uh, the wife beaters. Uh, oh, are you yep. serious? No. Yes. No. Yes. Uh, they had pit bulls on chains. All cut. They were like what? Fulfilled. Excuse me. Sorry. Pit balls I'm sorry. are not vicious. Yeah, but it, 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 but they're it's not. Like, but, but it's the like visual a aesthetic of the hundred people they brought with them uh, and stuff. Adopt uh, a pity. Yes. Uh, it got super intense, and uh, at one point, uh, the players on the other team mm. were commenting on, I can only assume, an appreciation of my short shorts? milky white thighs. <laughs> um, and uh, hammies were getting tight. I had to stretch them out. Um <laughs> Uh, one thing led to another, and I come off the field, and the field supervisor uh, asked me, uh, I may have rolled them up, right? Like, just, I need a little more range of motion. And uh, he comes up to talk to me about my wardrobe, and eventually we get in a shouting match where he's telling me to pull my shorts down, and so I do uh, pull them down to my ankles. And, uh, and that's how I got a ride back to my apartment that night in a, a Clemson police car, and was banned. Well... I thought perhaps the field supervisor and I could talk it out after that, <laughs> which is a bad idea. And that didn't go particularly well. And then I was banned from life for life from Emerald Sports at Clemson. Matt, all that's to say. Wow. Yeah. This is good news for people who get kicked out of things. Uh, get kicked out of your hometown. Uh, get kicked out of conferences uh, for, for being a jerk at the back of the room. Uh, this is good news for you because that's the place where God dwells. God dwells on the other side of the wall uh, around your hometown. Um, that's good news, right? That was a long sure. way to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I have good news. See? Uh, Savannah, we have buried the lead by about 73 minutes. Love it. Uh, you're main stage talking, right? I am, yes. Uh, well, I will have them. already, I suppose. You will have already done it. How was it? it? What was that experience oh, like? Oh, God, I hope it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to sweat a lot and be very nervous, so... Oh. Do you get a teleprompter? I don't. No, you got to memorize the whole thing. Are you serious? It seems kind of ridiculous That's to me. We spend a lot of money on stuff at ELCA, but teleprompters are not among them. Well, she you just like, put it on your phone. And do, yeah, can someone it could like be like it a, for you? Right, it could be a thing that like it's not actually that hard. Oh, anyway, it, mm -hmm. it, like you don't have to have a state of the art one, see through yeah. one like Obama uses. It's just like you know, on the floor. They used them in the eighties. You can like just get one of those. We did have those in the eighties. I mean, I remember nineteen ninety three. 
Well, there you go. Anyway, no, I'm gonna memorize it. It's gonna be great. Get it. What are, uh, I mean, you've already talked about it now. Yeah. Uh, what's a, a, a whatever you call a sneak preview that comes after the actual event? <laughs> Post uh, preview. Yeah, I'm talking a little bit about um, about some of my own call and discernment. Hmm. And then really the bulk of it is like, how do we find joy and what is our call to find joy in a world that um, seems really scary sometimes and where there's a lot of scary stuff going on. And I'm, I'm like the last speaker of the gathering after Bishop Eaton on Sunday at worship. Oh, so wow. it's also kind of a call forward, um, a call to... You know, when comedians go on, they prefer a magician to go first. Well. Because... That sets the room up for laughs, right? They don't want you don't want to go after somebody you mm. killed, right? Right. Uh, so I think you're in a great spot. <laughs> we'll see if Bishop being killed. You know what I mean? It's like, or it could be the Eminem Beyonce. Easy thing, E. So meh. has that caught on yet? Because I've been calling her Easy E for a while on the podcast. You, it has not caught on yet okay. at all. But well, um, if you want to name drop her as Easy E on the stage, it could really take off. Will that replace my tattoo or a T-shirt? Well, I know you got <laughs> some anxiety about memorizing uh, what you're going to say. Um, yes. Because there's not a teleprompter, you know, just gonna be out there all by yourself. It might be helpful if, like, oh wait, maybe you could get around the rules. If you wore a shirt that had words on it, that could remind you of what you wanted to say, and then put a mirror. Because what I hear you saying is basically, uh, wake, Sorry. pray, uh, slay. Maybe that could be like a catchphrase. You like it's a not, rhetorical device. It's not gonna be a rhetorical device or catchphrase, but I appreciate the just an idea, just yeah. ideas, just one from out there, just like balling. So that's what we're talking about. Cool. Well, good luck. Thanks so much. I'm sure it went great. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm hoping it did. I am now on the beach, so. Hey. Just With us in Italy. Italy is pretty okay, Matt. It's pretty okay. Yeah. Uh, in case you're wondering, uh, producer Nick has an alter ego, uh, Dre's Force, in which he uh, does electronic music things that I don't really understand, but he's got a new EP out, Dre's mm. Force. I think it's pronounced Drop three. It. It's like, like three marks. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on Spotify. Uh, Nick's got that Spotify going. Check it out. Uh, it's nice. I listened to it. Uh, so, Grace for support producer Nick, because he's a good guy and he's good music. So, and he makes us sound beautiful. That's all we got. I think that's all I got. Is that all you got? Damn. It's been real. It's been real vinyl.